Hello, hello. You found us again on Boomerangs. This is Ruth. And this is Mike. Today we're not going to talk about what we usually talk about, which is sort of a mix of politics and popular culture, because I frankly am not interested in talking about politics today. We're saturated. Yeah. So much of what's going on is an extension of what we've already talked about. Mm -hmm. How much can you talk about infrastructure? Infrastructure. (laughs) And Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema, and well, there was this whole big thing with Tom Barrick, who was a very close advisor of Trump's who had did ties he, to the Saudis. And, and did he organize the inauguration? Yes, he was involved in the inauguration. He was like Roger Stone. He was just had his fingers in all mm-hmm, kinds of things. Mm-hmm. One thing that Rachel Maddow pointed out, and I, I will say not much after this, but if you think about the number of people who have been indicted... Oh, it's from crazy. Trump's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just... Especially the closer you get to him in his inner circle, the more indictments there are. And how many pardons did he have to hand oh, out? Oh, I know. Lots. So I just don't feel like there's anything really new to report in the news that we haven't hashed over. So we're going to talk about our experiences. Mike has delved into the world of gaming and I have watched a couple of things. So we're going to talk about that. Yay. Tell me about your gaming experience. Okay. Well, as part of my appliance therapy program. What is that again? Well, I try to buy a major appliance at least once a year okay. as a way to avoid feeling the emotional oh, pain okay. <laughs> that lives with me on a daily basis. It distracts me. Uh-huh. My most recent acquisition was my new stove, but I've run out of appliances, so I got a new computer. Wait, did you get a new computer or a computer monitor? Both. Oh. oh. Only because I'm an American and I read an article that said Windows 11 is coming out, and if you have... I think it's sixth generation or earlier version of the Intel processor, you won't be able to run Windows 11. You'll have to stick with Windows 10. And I just couldn't abide that. I have to have Windows 11 even though it's not coming out for another six months to a year. (laughs) So it was time to upgrade. So I got this new computer. And then I saw a little notice for this great new monitor. Here's the deal. I got this new computer and it's so powerful. It's way more powerful than it needs to be for the kind of stuff I do. Oh. So I thought I should put it through its paces. So I decided to try to do some video gaming because that puts a lot more demand on the system resources. Oh, okay. You have to have a lot more memory and a lot more hard drive space and a better graphics card and all this kind of stuff. Wow. I'm not into gaming. I don't know about gaming. I've never seen a PlayStation or a Nintendo or any of those things. But because I had the power to do it, the computer power, I googled video games for people that don't do video games. And it came up with this game called Heavy Rain. So I got the new computer set up. And I got the game, and it runs so slow. It's like someone's running across a street. You see the little frames of them running. Is that because you don't have a Sony PlayStation? This Uh, is using Windows as the platform for the game, and it's supposed to work. I was on the phone with Dell, and they said the computer is fine, but the the game is the problem. And I thought, that's not acceptable. I just spent money on a computer that you told me does everything, and it's not doing it. Maybe you need Windows 11. Maybe I need Windows 11. Anyway, this game is really cool, A Heavy Rain. I've played it a little bit, even though it's too slow and it gets aggravating, so I can't really stick with it. But it's kind of a film noir. It's about a crime, but it's subtle. You get to control where these people go. So a detective, you get to walk him through this alley 
and then up the stairs and into like a little back alley hotel and you get him up the oh, stairs. So it's got a story. It's got a story, but you have to participate by leading him in the right place. And then, you know, you have to hit a special button or swipe the mouse in a certain way so that he like kneels down and picks up a note that's on the floor that's a clue. So it's kind of fun. And it's very much like Law and Order sort of. It's, it's a crime story, which is right up my alley. Yeah. So I'm loving it, but I'm also totally frustrated because it won't play smoothly on my computer. Huh. To move these people around, you have to use your little computer keys. And <laughs> I swear to God, I feel so clumsy because you have to guide the cop down the alley to find clues. And if there's a clue nearby, you hear a little chime. So you know if you're getting warmer or colder. Uh-huh. But damn, I'm trying to make him turn left or right. I hit a button and he does like a U-turn and walks out the other door. But isn't that kind of the point of having a PlayStation is that you have those... The joystick. Yes. I think maybe yeah. that's the problem. Maybe the problem is these games aren't meant to be played on a keyboard. Everything that I know about gaming mm -hmm. is that you need some kind of a... Or intuitive need, with the motion. Exactly. Maybe that's it. So maybe I have to get another appliance. <laughs> I don't have to look at my demons again until at least November. <laughs> but PlayStations are like 400 bucks. Uh, they are like expensive. They are. I was looking today. Some are like $1,000. For why? There are these machines that do powerful things. Jesus. Anyway, so I made my little foray, and I feel proud of it, but also extremely frustrated because I really thought I was going to be zipping through these games, lickety-split, and learning how they go. And as soon as you said that you were using the directional keys, <laughs> I knew you were in trouble. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I have news. On Friday morning, I was on FaceTime, and Catherine was in a boat, and there were two other boats with Valentine family members, and they approached a dock where Zoe and Sophie were. They were coming up to the dock, pounding pots and pans, and Sophie got down on one knee oh, and proposed right. to Zoe. Well, you knew this was coming, right? I knew it was coming, but I couldn't talk about it. Did you know it was going to happen at that time? Yes. I had been saying, like, when the hell is this going on? Right. And then finally they told me, and I woke up at like 4 o'clock in the morning to be alert for it. But it was just amazing. Zoe cried. It was a huge oh, deal. Yeah, great. so I, I got to see it from... Oh, that's great. I know. I was, I was piped in. It was very exciting. They're very happy and they're that's very excited. Fantastic. I know. So a wedding is in the offing. I have seen a series called White Lotus. The creator's name is Mike White. He was responsible oh. for the series called Enlightened. I don't know if you ever watched this. It was with mm. Laura Dern. Mm. It was a really good series, beloved by people who know about it, although it was mm. probably, I'm guessing, not seen by a lot, a lot of people, mm -hmm. but kind of a critical darling. And so White Lotus is set in, I think, Hawaii, and it follows a number of guests around a very, very high-end hotel. Mm -hmm. The creeping sense that you get is that all is not right with what's going on. It's kind of an upstairs, downstairs. You deal with the people who are running the place mm -hmm. and the guests who are there. Mm -hmm. I'm only two or three episodes in, so I'm kind of waiting for one shoe to drop. It's strangely compelling. Jennifer Coolidge is in it. Jennifer Coolidge was in Legally Blonde. She was the manicurist. I don't know how well you know the canon of Legally Blonde. Right. So Jennifer Coolidge, she's, she's great in it. Connie Britton is in it. There are a number of young actors, some of whom I've seen before and some whom I haven't mm -hmm. but it's one of those shows where it's kind of growing on me and I'm waiting to find out what exactly is happening with all these people because clearly something 
cataclysmic oh. is going to take place. Right, Otherwise, right. they wouldn't have put all these people together in the same spot. Yeah, that's how I felt playing Heavy Rain. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I watched was a little piece of fluff called Together Together, starring Ed Helms and a woman who's a comedian, and she is transgender, and her name is Patty Harrison. She's playing a surrogate for Ed Helms, who wants to have a baby and doesn't have a partner. Huh. And so she gets progressively more pregnant as the film goes on. And it's really a sweet little story that as I was watching it, I thought, you know, I'm really entertained by this, even though it's just two people trying to figure out what the hell they're doing together. Uh-huh. Ed Helms is a single man. She's the surrogate who's being paid to carry the baby. So the actress is trans. Yes, the actress is trans. But the character she's playing is like a cisgen female. Exactly. I just thought that was really amazing casting. Yeah, that sounds cool. There's some good stuff happening in the world. There is. In spite of all the misery. Misery that's going on. I would give it a, out of five, I would give it a three and three quarters because it's not exactly a rom-com because mm-hmm. it doesn't go where you think it's going to go. It's this very sweet story. Mm-hmm. And and what's kind of compelling about it is Ed Helms wants to have a baby. Oh. He just wants to have a baby yeah. so badly. Yeah. And he can't wait. And yeah. this woman is carrying the baby and he's right. sort of in awe of the whole gestational process. Right. So that was on Amazon Prime, I think. And it was a movie that was just clearly made for television. It was two people in a house and in doctor's offices. Wow. And the script really was deep enough mm-hmm. that it kept me kind of wrapped up in what was going to happen with well, these I, two I like, people. I, what I like is that it sounds like it's its own kind of story. Yeah. It doesn't fall into a rom-com formula box. Exactly. You know? And you think it's going to, right. and you don't want it to, right. and it really doesn't. But it goes somewhere else that's really touching. That's cool. And so, the characters sound unique. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Individuals. And Ed Helms, he's such a funny character. I remember seeing him in the office and thinking, oh, I can't stand him. But his character changed and he grew. Uh-huh. And I think he's become more of that everyman. Who was he in the office? I can't remember his character's name, but he was the really obnoxious guy. With a big square head? No, that's Rain Wilson. Oh, okay. Rain Wilson was the first obnoxious guy. Okay. But then Ed Helms' character came in. Did you see The uh, the Hangover? Mm-mm. Oh, you didn't see The Hangover? Oh, it's such a good movie. you got to oh, okay. see The Hangover. It's really funny. The whole thing is hysterical. You would know him when you saw him. Okay. You would absolutely know who he was. If you watched The Office at all, you would recognize him. Strange to see someone who is not typically handsome Mm -hmm. or typically charismatic in that way play a lead role. Right. But it was nice. It was very refreshing. Well, that's interesting. It reminds me, too, of In the Heights and how they made a point of getting chorus people who were of all different body types and shapes and ages. And so maybe that's filtering through to leading roles as well. That would be really nice, except the leading woman was very pretty and very thin. Uh, So there was that. That was that's my contribution to the world of pop culture. Now, didn't you say you watched something? Try I'm watching a series called Con- The Confession Tapes that's about people who were wrongly accused of murders who were convicted by juries where the preponderance of the evidence against them was confessions they had made themselves oh. under duress 
or under deception okay. to law enforcement people. And there's different stories. I've just watched this one story by these two boys from Pacific Northwest in the 90s who got accused of murdering with a baseball bat one of their mother and father and sister. With a baseball bat? Jesus yeah. Christ. It's just horrifying because you see, this must happen a lot. People get sent away for stuff they did not do. Remember the confessions of the Central Park Five? Right. Same thing. Basically, they said to these kids, now your friend over there already confessed. And they all confessed. Mm -hmm. And I think one of them didn't. But the rest of them did, and they were, I mean, they got these horrible sentences, and it was only because of the persistence yeah. of one attorney yeah. that they actually were let off. It's horrifying. The only bright light for me was the cops that really screwed this with these kids and forced these false confessions out of them through all kinds of deceptive conversational tactics were the Royal Mounted Canadian Police. What? Yeah, yeah, because one of the kids lived you in mean Vancouver. like Dudley Do-Right? Like Dudley Do-Right. But I always think Canada does everything cool and we do everything horrible. But they're fucked up too. They were. They made a point at the end of this section that I watched that the laws were changed in Canada so that cops can't do what they did to these kids, which is they get these kids to talk to them in the first place. But somehow they established a relationship where these kids were 19. and Were they under arrest? I think they were under arrest or under suspicion anyway, okay. down in Washington State. So they went up to Canada, but the Canadian police were colluding with the police down in Washington. Oh. Anyway, they set this more or less this trap where they convinced these kids that they could get them, even if they were wrongly accused, they could get them off because they knew how to do stuff like that. Okay. They knew how to get people out of jams. This sounds like completely so they illegal. This, it's, it, well, it, it now is. In other words, they got a false confession and they weren't even under arrest. So these kids didn't even, it was like wearing a wire. Yeah. And you see the kids like, you know, come on, just tell me how you did it. Just tell me how you did it with the baseball bat. And the kids would say, well, I can't because I really didn't do it. But they just keep pounding and pounding and pounding them over. I don't know if it's days or weeks or months and finally it turns into almost a game and the kids are almost smiling well do they say things like the central park five was like just tell us you did it and you can go home similar it's yeah. like if you tell me exactly how you did it i need to know that because only if i know that can i do my side of the bargain which is to make sure you don't get arrested for it but i need to know the truth so that i can help you they convince them that if they don't tell them this story, they're going to go to jail. Yeah. So they end up telling them a story that's fake. Wow. And it's so awful. There was no blood evidence, no DNA evidence, zero evidence in the house where the murder took place. The, the family that got killed were, the parents were immigrants from India. Oh. And the theory of who really did it but he's never going to get prosecuted. It was like a religious thing. He thought that the, the couple were too secular and they weren't good Muslims. Wow. Huh. It was So it was like a religious zealot who actually did it. But the police aren't pursuing it because they have what they wanted, which was to get somebody accused of it and put in jail. And that's what you learn from watching these shows. Cops, DAs, they don't want justice. They want a conviction right. so they can close it and say, we took care of it. Well, that's what gets and they're them reelected. So they're more interested in convicting someone, whether or not they're innocent, than they are in finding out who really, really did it. Well, you just think, okay, so these people got off, but what about all the other people who were wrongly convicted, wrongly oh, yeah. accused? Yeah. And There's they're still rotting in jail. Yeah. It's crazy. 
That's something to talk about. What? Mandated vaccines with a religious exemption. This is what's pissing me off this week. It's my soapbox. So I go back to work in August or September. We all have to have a vaccine, staff and faculty. And this is mandated by the school? By the the University of California. Okay. You only can have an exemption, one, if you have a medical issue with having the vaccine, or two, if you claim a religious exemption to having the vaccine. What kind of a religious exemption? It's ridiculous. Except for Christian um, science. science. The thing is, the mandate... Which everybody's like, oh, good for you, see, they're doing a mandate. The mandate is meaningless if you put it in a religious exemption because anyone can walk in who doesn't want a vaccine for whatever reason and say, it's against my religion. And that's all they have to say. Really? Yeah. But I wrote to the task force. I said, you know, the mandate's meaningless, right? Because it's purely voluntary. Yeah. Anyone who doesn't want a vaccine doesn't have to have one. Do students have to have vaccines? I think it applies to them as well, but I don't know. But I know for staff, for sure. The dean of the UC Berkeley Law School. He wrote an op-ed in the LA Times, and he said that, but I didn't think it up myself. I stole it. He said, first of all, there's no constitutional right for a religious exemption to a vaccine that is a public health mandate. Yeah. Because the university is claiming, oh, legally we're bound to do this because we have to respect people's freedom of religion. But he said, no. You, you don't could get have a religious exemption from the polio vaccine. Exactly. So that's my cause. I'm glad there's a mandate. But UCLA should not be patting itself on the back for having a mandate that we be vaccinated when anybody that wants to skip it can do so. I have a neighbor who doesn't want to get the vaccine because she's into natural foods, natural healing, and she doesn't want her RNA fucked around with by the vaccine. And she said, I'm just going to claim religious exemption. They can't question me. And that's what people are going to do. When you claim a religious exemption, that's... I haven't verified this, but what I've read is even if your religion itself doesn't say in black and white somewhere, we don't do vaccines. All you have to say is I interpret my religion religion as preventing me from doing this. You know, there's a whole other side of the vaccines that I was just listening to somebody talk about today, which is the fact that the FDA hasn't approved them. Mm -hmm. I think they're recommended, but not approved by the FDA. Mm -hmm. And certain people, like fire people and, and police people and other people who have said, if it's not approved, I'm not going to take it. Yeah, I've heard even people that work in nursing homes are doing that because a large percentage of nursing home employees who are declining to get vaccinated. It's so strange. One thing that's off the bar, but about Kavanaugh, Mm. do you know that there were 4,500 tips that were called into the FBI? I just wonder how many of those people were sober when they called. Someone was saying, and I think it's right, what the hell was the FBI doing when they didn't follow up on these? That's crazy, yeah. 4,500 Right. And we'll never know what those tips were. We'll never know exactly what they spoke to. We won't. Isn't there some chance we might? I don't know the inner workings of the FBI that well, so maybe there is. Still, you have to wonder. Yeah. I don't think we can do anything. He's on the court. But that doesn't mean the truth can't come out. He's got all these debts, right? And they got paid off all of a sudden when he was nominated. Yes, that's right. That's right. So there's some shady financial stuff. And they can't figure out why he needed all this money. And you would think that the vulnerability of being blackmailed would be a real (gasps) deficit for someone who was sitting on the highest court in the land. Yeah. So so we have to say goodbye to our Burma friends. Okay, well, we'll... Hold our fire until next week. Goodbye, Boomer friends. Bye, Boomers. We'll see you in a week. So long.